When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Get the knowledge you need to advance your mortgage practice quickly and efficiently from Jen Duplessis, America's Mortgage Mastery Mentor with over 37 years of experience and over $1 billion in lifetime fundings. Jen has been mentoring loan officers and realtors for over 15 years and speaking on stages across the globe. So settle in and get ready as Jen and her guests share their experience passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen Duplessis, Mortgage Mastery Mentor and Head Chicken Charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Mortgage Lending Mastery. I'm your host, Jen Duplessis. It's a pleasure to have you here with us today. And I, as I always say on every one of these shows, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to listen in, to learn so that you can put some things into action. And I want to remind you to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can watch us and hear us. And don't forget to follow us if you've not already done so on this podcast, Mortgage Lending Mastery. Uh, so that we can continue to grow our, our reach with everyone and impact everyone's lives. Last but not least, I want to let you know that we're having a live Limitless event May 18th, 19th, and 20th in Phoenix, Arizona. So if you're looking to up your game, move from five to six or six to seven figures, you want to be at this event. It is for uh, loan officers, realtors, sales professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs, Anyone who's looking to create limitless, um, limitlessness in their life, if that's a word. So with that said, I want to introduce you today to our, our guest, um, Eddie Perez Jr. He is a first-generation uh, Cuban-American who's worked really hard to create an opportunity and empower others that he that um, others in everything that he does. His dad was on the Cuban national baseball team. And they arrived in Miami in 1964, and the rest is history, except that he joined uh, the mortgage business in 2002 and is currently residing in Atlanta. Thank you so much for joining us here today, Eddie. I sure appreciate it. You're welcome. It's my pleasure, and I'm glad to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Okay, so let's, you know, we're all in the mortgage business or we're, we're tied to it in some kind of way. And I know that you're with Equity Prime Mortgage, which is a brokerage firm, you know, since 2008, they've, their mission is to empower more people and create even, even more playing field across the board in the home buying experience. So explain that to us, explain what the, the main focus of your company is about. Uh, the main focus, uh, our motto is, or mission or vision simple. We do the hard loans well because the easy loans are easy. <laughs> it's it's it. just that simple. And in this market, that's more important than ever because a lot of first-time home buyer, second-time home buyer, and those loans are tougher uh, than the easy ones. So that's how we've specialized our organization and grown it. 
I love that. I love that. So, so obviously, you know, since you've been in since 2002, you were part of the great recession and all the debacle that happened there. And I'm sure, and I don't know, were you in, in this particular space at that time, or did you get into the space later on? No, I was in since day one, I've been in the same space. Okay. So tell us how that looked when that happened and how that compares to how things look now. Cause I imagine this is something that a lot of people are, you know, what the news is saying, the news is saying, Oh my God, there's going to be a bubble. It's going to be a burst of something. And we know that there are definitely differences in the economy. There there's similarities, but there are also differences. How do you see it in your particular world of working in what we'll call you know, I call it alternative lending or situational lending. I mean, I think the the difference between this time and last time, even though there are similarities, it's it's one of those things, even though it sounds like a paradox, <laughs> as much as they look the same, they're different. Yeah. Um, it's still a changing of the guard, which happens in our industry about every 14 to 16 years. Yeah. Uh, it's just different behaviors get in line. And the last one was a lot of what we could say is underwriting guidelines that were very loose that led yeah. to the challenge. And demographics, which a lot of people never study, were at all time worse in this country, which the fewest amount of people, my generation, Gen X, uh, turning that first time home buyer age. Right. Now we have the best demographics and not enough supply. Back then, we didn't have enough demand and too much supply. So that's why even though it looks different, yeah, it's completely different. opposite. Um, <laughs> right. It's completely yeah, I don't, I don't see a bubble at all because there's just not enough supply and yeah. interest rates are still pretty low compared to what people think out there. And well, I think I there'll still be, there's a huge appetite for home ownership. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm a real estate investor and one of the things that I'm now seeing, and I was just, ha I was just on a podcast this morning, ironically, um, talking about this to investors is that uh, what we're seeing is a lot of investors now buying property, subdividing that property and building to rent. So now it's called build to rent, right? And um, because if we can't, we can't find a property, we might as well build a property. So this is something that we're starting to see. And, and if that's happening on the investor side, then we know that, you know, this, this um quest or this insatiable appetite for housing is still there. So what do you what um thank you for the insight on that. I appreciate that. What do you sure. see as different um, in the consumer from those days of, you know, A, A, A plus, A minus, B, C, D loans, right? Because that's how we categorize them. What do you see this different in the consumer then versus now? Just really depends on where they are in their life and their credit profile. It really does. If it's a first time home buyer, they still focus a lot. And second time home buyer, they still focus a lot on the relationship. And it really goes down to down payment. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is our industry is in an LTV game, as I say, 90% and above LTVs behavior completely different than 90, 90 and below. Mm -hmm. And that's where the customers that have 20% down, even 10% down, higher credit, lower debt ratios, they just have more of an understanding. So I'm not sure if they're confused as much as uh, we've all heard the same, you know, buyers or liars where they're pitting people against each other for their best interest. And, and why not? Because they can. The other consumers really are just looking for a home and getting into it. So that's where they're going to lean on the advisor types more and the people that are a little bit more expert and maybe where 
a referral from a real estate agent or their community or somebody they know, or in a lot of cases you're seeing today where the originator is the one that generates somebody who wants to go find a house, then gives them an agent, not the way around reverse. Yeah. Uh, however, they've qualified them and really set the tone on all the documentation that's going to be required if it's a FHA, VA, USDA loan, even a conventional loan with less down payment. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's um, interesting that you say that because, you know, there's no place written in the, you know, FHA HUD, HUD book, you know, the, I want to say 4506, but it's not whatever it's called the 4166 point, whatever. I can't remember the names now, but, but, you know, um, I don't even, yeah, <laughs> it's been a long time. I was one of the first underwriters that FHA ever had. It's a, it's a funny story. My underwriting number was A421. Go look at your underwriter's numbers and then you'll understand. <laughs> Right. They're long. Um, but, you know, uh, that that I think is is something that, you know, uh, nowhere is it written there or in any guidelines anywhere in lending or in anything for realtors or anything for anyone else that it says that we must wait on a realtor to give us business. And this is one been one of the things that drove me crazy as a producer you know, and, and led me to be that 33% of my business came from financial planners and attorneys, 33% from my acres of diamonds in my community. And the rest was everybody else, including realtors. So um, there's no rule that says that yet I see loan officers continually doing that. So with your experience and seeing new people come in, what did, what advice or counsel would you give to them to say, you know, do you still go out and look and oh, here we go, rate sheets for realtors, you know, or are we seeing a shift in the way that new people are coming in and how they're um, moving forward with their practice? I think anybody that's very engaged and social has a competitive advantage, especially if they're doing videos, not just posting messages or a picture, if they're really doing vis uh, videos and coming across more with content that possibly could help the financial planner or help a builder or help a real estate agent or even to consumers in their group, mm -hmm. that's going to get them further than anything else. And what I'm seeing is a lot of the young people, because they're younger, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I, I think they call it the screen generation. You know, yeah. they've basically known iPhones and screens, even the plasmas that came out in the late 90s. They're of that age group where they pretty much don't remember before that. And yeah. if they did, it was so long ago. They're so familiar and so comfortable yeah. that yeah. they can really lean into that. I mean, I would have never thought in a million years, you know, online applications, uh, even people that are doing referral business are like, oh, I'm going to send you a link and you fill it out and you get it back to me. Yeah. I, I used to have to take the whole three <laughs> myself. Yeah. If I had said, hey, I'm going to send you an email that that deal's gone they're like this person doesn't care about me now it's the reverse they care about me i'm gonna put it in myself and answer it myself and this gives me my own privacy instead of just sharing it out there yeah and it's secure so yeah i think you're seeing a lot of people that don't have bad habits i think yeah. a lot of the bad habits you know pre-2008 and even post-2008 what i would say you know pre 2020, I think a lot of the people that have entered without those bad habits or they've overcome them and learned because they had to adapt is, is treating them very well. I'm still seeing originators, even in this market do, you know, your eight, nine, 10 loans, which a couple of years ago was at least double that. That yeah. means they're still hanging on and doing business, maybe not as much as they want, but you're seeing yeah, more and more people retire as well. 
Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. A lot of people are retiring. And when I think part of that is that adaptability is not, you know, I don't like social media, so I'm not going to go there. Well, then you may not have a job, you know, because it's not a fad. It's here to it's here forever. It's going to be here forever. And we all have to, you know, adapt to it. And, you know, it's funny because even podcasting has morphed. I'm one of the original veterans in podcasting and we, it was all audio. And then all of a sudden it went to video, right? And, you know, it has all different kinds of ways that it's being released out there in the marketplace. And I think that that is, um, you know, part of the people that are going to have the success, the long-term, long-term success, unless they're at the point where they're, they're saying, you know, I've done it long enough. I'm done. This is the last one. I'm not going through it again. Right. And my hope is through this podcast that people don't do it, that they, you know, they get awakened, they get, they realize, wow, I really do have to do it. So go grab your your son or your grandchild and have them help you with social media because it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just hire them, you know? And I, I think that's, what's going to end up happening, you know, for most people. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Okay. So what are you doing in 2023, knowing that volumes down, you know, rates, rates were up They're now where they should be. We've all talked about this for years. Oh, they're going to have to be there. They're going to float around six or seven, you know, permanently. So now that, now that everyone's kind of, you know, said, fine, I get it. It's now going to be where it is. Um, we still have lack of inventory, but what are you doing in what's your secret sauce? What are you doing in your practice to keep the momentum going in the in the busyness, not for the sake of busyness, but to keep the activity going? What are you doing right now? You got to leverage the masses. And that's what it does. yeah, I, I'm loving that. I'm loving that you're saying that, you know, I had a three day virtual event um, the, last week and there was a real estate agent on it. She was Latino and. Um, but it has no reference to that whatsoever, but her name, and I won't say her name, but she would not get on, on camera for the full three days, unless I asked her a question, she'd come off and go, yes. And then put herself back on camera. And, and then she said, you know, I think what I have to do, I think what I'm going to have to do is videos. And I said, well, I'm going to be honest with you. If you can't even get on here and just have conversations with us, how are you going to get on videos? The bottom line is we all look the way we look. We, we speak the way we do. I'm, I'm you know, these, these podcasts, probably more than any podcast that's out there. I don't know. Um, I don't edit unless something, there's a catastrophe. I don't edit bad words. I mean, not bad words. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't mean that. I mean, I mean, words that I'm, I stand here sometimes and I'm like, I don't know the word for it. So I'm going to sit here for a second and think about it. Right. I don't edit all that. I don't edit ums and you knows and all those things. And I think that that's why so many people love listening to this podcast because it's so real. I'm, it's just me. I'm just Jenny from the block, right? It's just me. And um, that's what we need to do with these videos. <laughs> if, we're ha- if we're having a bad day, if we're having, you know, it was a struggly day, then get on the, you know, look, at I love this business, but, oh man, today was a struggle for me. I mean, everywhere I look, things went bad and that's what life's about. It's amazing how people just won't share those types of things. So I, I love that you're saying that. It's a, I, I think it's really interesting because when I align, when I'm aligning in my mind, uh, I don't want to call it subprime because it's not. When I align, uh, you know, alternative lending, situational lending with social media, uh, for me, there's a disconnect. I love that you've connected it and, and, and it's brilliant. You've connected that and said, you know, it does work. It can work. We should be looking at it. We should be, you know, serving those that are, they underserved. Last question or a couple of questions that I have for you is, okay, so you, you have a lot of business coming in because a lot of people in that category, you know, of less than 10% down are looking for homes, regardless of their demographics. 
they're coming and looking for homes, but there's sure. something out there. So how are you, uh, not attacking, I don't want to say, but how are you, how are you dealing with that? Well, it helps that our business has a diversification, even mm -hmm. though we know mortgages very well, it, it does help that we have a retail and wholesale channel and wholesale mm -hmm. right now is, is thriving. So we're able to leverage doing business with thousands of people than just relying on our loan originators because loan originators can be concentrated. Retail still doing good because we have a pretty good group and we have an excellent yeah. leader that runs it. However, every everybody's business is down. It's it's yeah. what I said at the MBA annual when people were like, hey, how are you doing? I said, all right, let's get it out of the way. We're all getting our teeth kicked in. <laughs> right. uh, it's just the way I look at it is I, I compared my humda to the industry. I just got it kicked in less than most. So right. I consider that a win. I never knew your teeth kicked in less than most is a win, but it, that is a win. <laughs> that is a win given this market. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the big thing is we were lucky to have uh, both channels and we had prepared them because uh, when one's doing the other one, you know, when both are humming, that just means the overall macro is humming, but we really focused on our micro, our internal, what we can control, because that's all you really can is yourself yeah. and yeah. your mindset and how you hold your four walls. And that's all we really focused on. I don't believe in competitors. I do call them the competition, but they help you level up and give you ideas and things that you can learn from. Absolutely. Uh, very yeah. similar to sports. Yeah. The end oh, of the absolutely. day, your only competitor is the eyeballs in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, and if you're not nice to your competitor, one day you may find that you're working with them around them in the same company. And then you wish, oh, I wish it would have been nicer to them. Right. And there's nothing wrong with calling. Sure. I used to do this all the time. I used to call all my, you know, not all, but I would call my competition and go, Hey, I see you out there a lot. You have this program. Tell me about it. So I understand what it's about. I'm learning how to sell against it, but I also want it because if I have a client that can fit into it, I want that client to get served regardless. And there's power in that, you know, sure. in, in this business, but so many people just shy away from that. It's amazing. What are you, um, what are you saying to those that are writing, you know, 17, you know, my client had to write 17 offers before they got theirs accepted. What are you, what's the guidance you're giving to your sales team and to those around you? That it's more than likely, because you have to be very radically candid with people. You've got to really let people understand realities and they're not upset if you are honest and upfront with them. And I just said, guys, expect that to be the norm. I would say for at least three to five more years, it I just so be prepared for low inventory unless something happens out of our control, because you have to understand after the great recession, we had too many homes and we built the same amount of homes in, uh, 2010 to 2020 that we did during the Great Depression when the population was a third. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a while, like you're saying, build to rent. It's going to take a while for that inventory to be created. Now, mm -hmm. to be created by iBuyers that, that represent 5% of the market, but if all of a sudden uh, their places are losing their shirts and they want to get out of investment properties and they want to sell it, you, you could have some things that create mm -hmm. inventory but it's not going to solve it. So you can only be proactive. Let your customers know, look, I know it's frustrating. It may take you a little bit of time. However, be prepared, depending on your market, because some markets, 17 offers, other markets, it's only three or four. Yeah. Because we're licensed in all 50. I get to see the demographics throughout yeah. the country. Yeah. 
It's right. not everywhere. There no. are some hotter parts that it is. Okay. However, yeah, Florida, it's hot. Okay. Yeah. Phoenix, Texas, it's hot. Phoenix, <laughs> it's super hot. Yeah, I have a client who's in Wisconsin and they had all in their entire county, 22 sales. You know, there's nothing. It, it's like, you know, getting blood from a turnip. It, there's just nothing left, you know, and that's where I think expanding into social media starts creating more opportunities for you because most people can be licensed in, in a variety of states. Do you feel, I'm going to ask you this question. Do you feel, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the Greer, that was a double word there. See, this is where I don't edit. Um, with the fear and greed index, right? There's a fear and greed index that you can, you can get online. I'm always watching that fear and greed index to see where it's at. There are some areas that I feel that we're at the peak of the seller market, right? We we obviously had a, a seller's market when we were in the pandemic. And then when rates went up, you know, uh, buyers pulled back and then it became a buyer's market because then the sellers, you know, that greed had to turn, it turned into fear. I feel like in some markets we're sure. at the peak of the seller, the seller greed. Uh, and I call it, we always call this a silly season. I've been, I've been through so many of these things since 1981. It's ridiculous, Right. Um, and I call it the silly season. What we're now seeing is in written in contracts of my coaching students, written in contracts. I just, someone just shared this the other day. Um, hey, uh, let us know what the uh, seller's uh, total outstanding revolving debt is, and we'll pay off their debt if you accept my contract. Um, we will let the seller uh, name our first dog. We're starting to see, and when we start seeing these types of things written in contracts for buyers to get homes, I know you're laughing. See, now, listen, if you're if you're listening to this, you're not watching, you're not seeing his reaction to this. You can't make this stuff up. It is, it's totally real. And what I'm doing, no, you now, can't. I'm, I'm accumulating it. Yeah, I'm accumulating these silly things, but I, this is always a sign that we're in the silly season and we're about to have a transition. Tell us a little bit about what you're seeing in contracts and if you feel that there's about to, if there would be a transition at some point in some of the markets. The big thing I'm seeing is kind of what you're saying about seller greed. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them still are stuck a little bit on, man, if I had sold September 21. I know. There's still a little bit of that. And it yeah. reminds me of when people talk about like during the dot com or even stocks, they go to the highest purchase price ever. Not, I bought it at a dollar. It's worth 30 now, but right. I didn't get 35. So, so I think about I 35. Lost. No, yeah. you had an opportunity game. Yeah. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot of that. I'm seeing a lot mm -hmm. of uh, appraisals, believe it or not, coming high. Not a lot crazy high, 10, 15,000. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing a lot more seller concessions. Yes. Uh, I haven't seen some crazy stuff like that in the deals. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have heard like waiving appraisals and things of that nature, waiving yeah. contingencies. I we have not heard that. paying yeah. off somebody's revolving debt. I've not well, heard about a naming a dog. I have seen videos and reasons why you should sell it to me. And yeah. a lot of the emotional heartstrings, how this is going to help my family. The, the more curious thing I have is I think some sellers, especially what's going to come down in the economy by second quarter, late second quarter, third, I think some of these people will start taking their money off the table and selling a lot more. So 
I do believe some inventory will pick up because I believe that a lot of people had great runs. I mean, if you bought a house right after the Great Recession, if you bought anywhere, if you're still in the same house that you bought in 09, 10, 11, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, 10 years ago, you did very, very, very yeah. well. Yeah. And now the answer is going to be, well, what am I going to do? Most of those people that are selling that's been in their house 10, 20 years, their forever home, that's probably when their kids are five or six. So right. I think at that point in time, they're going to downsize. Yeah. They're just going to go smaller yeah. Yeah. Uh, because it may be empty nest or maybe down to one kid. You know, for right. example, I don't think I'll sell my house, but in sadly, I hate to say this, but in six years, I'm down to one kid in my house. That's not that long from now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, just in three years, sadly, two and a half years, I will be down to two kids in my house from right. three. Yeah, I think it says you need all that room. I think, right. And no, no question about it. And I think a, peop, a lot of people realize that in the pandemic too, is that they didn't need all the things that they had. And, and that's part of it. I think, uh, you know, I've shared this on this podcast before. My husband and I have a million dollars in equity in our home right now. And uh, we were going to sell during the pandemic, but my husband got really ill. And then my daughter decided she wants to buy my home. Uh-huh. He's fine and everything. So we didn't sell then. Yeah. And uh, didn't sell. My daughter now says, hey, we want to buy the house from you uh, because we want to be out in the country. I'm on 21 acres. We want to be out in the country with you guys, you know. And I'm saying, okay, that sounds really good um, because I love having the equity in it. But there's a fear factor even for me as a real estate investor, as a, you know, a mortgage person um, of, well, where am I going to go? I don't know where I'm going to go because I'd want to downsize. But guess who I'm competing with? I'm competing with the first time home buyer who's wanting that same first time house. Right. And that makes it a little a little discerning for me. And um, and I think that's why, you know, if my daughter wasn't buying the house, I would probably sit on this a little longer, even longer, even though it kills me to have equity just sitting there and not flowing. Right. Um, Because I'm just not sure where I would go and where I would build. And maybe I could build. It might take three years to build because everybody's so doggone busy. Right. (laughs) But I think that so it's not an agreed thing. It's a shifting and transition issue for for someone in my place, you know, and I'm sure there's lots of stories around. But I think that we um, we need to help, you know, have these conversations with people rather than just be talking about rate and products and I can close on time and all that because nobody cares anymore about that. We haven't cared about that for a long time. It's it's getting me through this this tumultuous you know, situation that everybody's experiencing, regardless of their first time, move up, move, move down, right size. Everyone's experiencing something that everyone needs to take time to help them maneuver through it. Would you agree? Or, or do you think, no, no, I mean, those are, those are realities, you know, at the end, behavioral economics is very important. You're touching on a point of behavioral economics. Where am I going to go? The argument I would say to that is if you're selling and you have a lot of equity, I just have this belief that you will get the contracts first because you can put down more and you're more qualified and sellers look at that. And I know that because when I sold, I had a vacation home I sold in 21. I did look at profiles of the customer and that did determine. uh, And and I went with a deal that was cash versus a loan because even though it was less, it was cash and you will take that. So I think that's really... I think that's the challenge is more than likely, and that's why I behavior. Yeah, yeah. Is that part of it? You know, if someone were to give me an offer 
my offer isn't going to be, oh, I want the, the highest amount. There's no greed in that. I, you know, I don't want the highest amount. Do I want a good amount? Sure. But I want the offer that says that they will have a long closing and a rent back. So it gives me time. That's what will sell this house. And people are doing that right now. Yeah. Yeah. People are doing that right now. Yeah. Well, the reverse. Now I'm seeing a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of reverse, uh, you know, instead of upselling into it, there's a lot of reverse of that. In, and yeah, I love that. Um, okay, so last thoughts. Give us your last thoughts on, on what you want to say to the community. I mean, obviously, I'm going to mention again, Equity Prime Mortgage is your company. Um, so if anybody's looking for a job, they can sure. apply. <laughs> they can go there and look and find out what you're all about. Um, that's great. Um, and the best way to to reach your company would be what? Because I imagine you don't want a whole bunch of emails from people um, as the CEO of the company. Um, so who would be the best person for anybody to reach uh, if they want to learn more about your company? If it's, uh, I mean, they can reach out to Laura Brandeo. She's our chief strategy officer. Yep, I know She's Laura the very best well. one because yep. she is a yeah. yeah. Laura Brandeo is probably the best one to reach out to because yeah. she leads, like I said, business development. So she definitely helps in the recruitment with the originators with our chief retail officer. Yeah. And if there's anybody who's a broker out there or loan officer for a broker, we do a lot of business on the wholesale side. And that yeah. is the best yeah. person to reach out there is our chief lending officer who's Kevin Delory. So you've got plenty of people that you can reach out to that will point you in the right direction. Yeah. And they can always reach out to me. It's okay. Now, more than likely, I will Delicate. point them to some of these people. However, if they don't know who to get to, they can always come directly to me. You know, all my hashtags and names on all social media, luckily, there's not a whole lot of Eddie G. Perez Juniors, especially Eddie with a Y. So it's it's real easy to find me on social. And the G. And the G. You know, my email is E. Perez. Yeah. Yeah, and the G. Eddie G. Perez Jr. There's just not a lot with a Y. Yeah. Uh, it was very easy to get those handles on Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, LinkedIn, yeah. Facebook, everywhere. It was real easy. Uh, Twitter, it was real easy to get that handle. Yeah. Every time I type it in, it'd be like, no, it works. I'm like, this is wow. pretty effective. Yeah. So Equity Prime Mortgage, if you're interested in working with them, you know, from a wholesale perspective, interested in finding out more about their company, you know, um, that would that would be great. Uh, OK, so uh, parting thoughts. What what parting thoughts would you like to leave with everyone? A book they should read, an affirmation. By the way, I love your one day or day one. I hope you don't mind. If that's not trademarked, I'll take it. I, listen, I do a lot of one-liners myself that I probably need to get trademarked, I swear. But I love that. One day or day sure. one. I love that. And I think, <laughs> the, you know, those of you that are listening here that you heard that, is it going to be one day I'll get around to it or will I be starting it now to change my life? So leave us with some parting thoughts. I'm an avid reader. You know, I'm trying to read anywhere from 50 to 75 books this year. I've already done 25. So narrowing it down to one or two is a little tough. However, uh, here on my bookshelf, I would say that this one's very good for people, especially in this market, is Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. Okay. I, I think it's very stoic. It, it is, it's all about the discipline because that's where you get your strength from. I would tell anybody that's in the market that wants to be in the market, has a passion for it, to stay in it. I know it's tough right now. However, there will be sunnier days. It is going to get better. More and more retirements are coming. Pretty soon, it's going to be extremely simpler 
is what I could say. I'm not going to say easier because it's never easy, but it will be easier and it will be simpler, uh, not only to get business, but to even grasp that feel. It's just right now the industry is trying to get its footing and you'll see a lot more M&A and consolidations that are coming mm -hmm. out. That's just going to yeah. be the natural evolution. Yeah. And that's why I say just stick through it because the other side is going to be more than a pot of gold like a rainbow. And yeah. I just say stick through it. Uh, like I said, you know, nothing good in life was ever easy. Uh, you just have to be disciplined and stay at it day in and day out. And if you're just getting a little bit better every day, just a smidge, uh, because it's very simple. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. There is no in-between. There's no yeah. coasting or neutral. Yeah. So yeah. strive for that 1% better every day. Aim to beat your yesterday and you'll do very well. And more importantly, your mental health, uh, your mental strengthening, uh, your mental wellness, all those that I consider part of mental fitness, the three pillars of mental fitness will also thrive and be able to build what is the ultimate superpower right now, which is being resilient. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big word. That's a big word this year, especially in a, you know, a pending recession. God knows how long it'll be. I love it. You know, brilliant. Thank you so much for those great words. You know, it's it's just hang in there. This My is, pleasure. you know, we've been through this before. We just haven't been through it in a while. And that's why it's it's so difficult for everybody, right? It's been a long while since we've been in it. Gosh, you know, even people that have been in the business for 15 years, you know, 10, 15 years, they've never experienced it. Um, so, you know, great. It's a great. changing of the guard. That's why. It's yeah, it totally is. yeah, it totally is. So great words of advice. Thank you so much for giving us this wisdom today. We really appreciate it very, very much. And I wish you great, great success. And hopefully I'll see you on one of the stages here shortly because we, we roam in the same area. So, and tell Laura, I said, hi, we were in a book together. She's been on the show too. So love, love her to death. Thank you so much. I will make sure to tell her. Yeah, thank you she's so much, awesome. Eddie. Yeah, uh, she's wonderful. Well, everyone, again, thank you thank so you. much for listening to to our show. Thanks for staying in in here with us. You know, week in and week out. And don't forget to click on the links below to follow um, to follow Eddie. To uh, we'll put the book suggestion he has here uh, down here as well. We'll get a link to Amazon so you can pick that up as well. And don't forget to register for our three day limitless event in Phoenix, Arizona, in May. And with that, we'll catch you next time on Mortgage Lending Mastery. Thanks for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery membership community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets, fireside chats with Jen, free content, meet, share, and collaborate with other members, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more about this exclusive content. Mortgage Lending Mastery is an industry syndicate charter podcast. Industry Syndicate is the first podcast network specifically for the mortgage and real estate industries. Get the Industry Syndicate app in the App Store or Google Play today.